here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.6 FM in Twane. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Hello, Nico. Are you on the couch? Have you made that cup of coffee? Where are you at, pal? I'm 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 uh, on the couch. I've made the coffee, and let's say I know eighty-five percent. Eighty-five percent. Well, not we... ninety-five. Let's make it eighty-five. Okay. Well, that's very that's good. That's humble, and it's always good to to have a little bit of humility in the world. That's for sure. Uh, some no all apparently has none whatsoever. <laughs> Although he is quite correct, I'm assuming that no all is is a he. Um, is um, maybe that we have now thirty-two thousand elephants in the Kruger. That's brilliant. It's probably not so brilliant. Though. It's probably it's probably a bit too much for that space. I wouldn't know. We'd need um, uh, the game experts to tell us that one for sure. Nico, what's mm-hmm. up and where are you at? What's going okay. down? So, so I'd like you to get your phone and, and and so if you're listening as well, I need you to get their phone. I'd like to. So everybody that's listening, get your phones out. Yeah, I'm doing um, that. So while you get the phone, let me give you some background. So this week um, at work, we did a uh, first aid course. It was a yeah. four-day level one and level two first aid course. And let me tell you, that's actually something worth doing. You know, you always yeah. consider, should I do it? And you know, maybe one day I'll do it. And uh, this was really, really worth my, you know, it's four days well spent. Yeah. Um, because we learned so much about just the basics of, of how to help somebody and how to do CPR and how to... Um, you know, what's the first thing you do if somebody looks like they're not feeling well or they might be unconscious and what's the steps to follow. Yep. Um, so really worth doing. But we also did some some basic things. And I think this is something we could all learn from. I learned from it as well. So um, in an emergency, let's say you've been involved in an accident and the, um, the, the medical um, the ambulance arrives or whoever helps you, the, the EMS arrives, they need to find out who you are. They need to see if you have a medical aid. They need to see maybe if there's somebody to contact. Um, they ideally want to know what your blood group is. Um, and those things, um, of course, they'll look for your wallet, but your phone as well. And I've tested now this with different um, manufacturers of phones and um, actually has a place where you can store that information. So we're going to go through the steps of doing this on your phone. Um, it's a simple thing. It's not very difficult. Um, so the first thing is you want to not unlock your phone. So normally you, I think your phone might, I don't know, let's say how does your phone work, Michelle? Do you unlock it with a pin or do you uh, use a fingerprint or a face eye? Yeah, it unlocks facially. Okay, so then you've got to almost hold your, your finger over the camera. And what you need to do is you need to um, swipe to open your phone or get to the option where you can unlock the phone. So get to the option where you can see the keypad. And you'll see there's actually an option that says emergency, um, uh, it's like an emergency screen. Uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. So I've, I've opened up my phone. Where do I go to next? Don't open the phone. So what you want to do is you want to do it from a lock screen. You don't want to open the phone so you can see all your apps. So you literally want the phone and you want to, un- you want to try and open the phone but not open it so that you get a, uh, like a, 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 a keypad screen. So in that keypad screen, you might have to, it might ask for a, enter a code, it might actually say emergency. Yeah. So in other words, hold your, your hand over your camera, maybe press your, button, your, your unlock screen, and what you'll see is you'll see a keypad. Um, and you'll see at the bottom left or bottom right, it might, it'll say emergency or emergency call. Do you see that? Yes. Now listen, Nico, 
Um, I'm, I'm just going to get this right for myself, emergency, an emergency call. While I get this all right, I'm just going to go to a break and we're going to like uh, improve your phone line because you sound like you are talking to us from a very distant toilet on Mars. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Okay, how do you sound now, Nico? I don't know. I feel shush. <laughs> okay, you're getting the big thumbs up from the team. Big thumbs okay, up. So that's Sounds really good. good. Okay, so okay, you go so to emergency. Did you, so you see emergency, and when you click on emergency, yeah. it will have a medical uh, medical ID or medical information or something like that. Yeah. But when you click on that, it opens up the screen, and you should you are now, you should be able to put up the information there. Yeah. So it should have some sort of edit. So um, in, in my case, I have an iPhone. So um, when you go to iPhone, you can also get that under health. So with iPhone, it has an option that says health with a little red heart. Yeah. And with Samsung, it might be something else. But in that lock screen, we now get the emergency information. Uh, that's set where you up your medical in... ID. Yes. Awesome. So that's where you put in your medical aid. If yeah. you have one, your medical aid number. If you have one, you need to also put a contact person there. So in an emergency, who is a contact person? Um, ideally, if, um, if you know your blood group, that should also go there. Yeah. Um, and also allergies, if you have any allergies. So yeah. those are, this, is, this is a basic thing to set up, but so important because the lady that did our course um, said, listen, a lot of the time when they get to an emergency, they, 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 if they have this information, by the way, her name was Lindy Swanepoel, she was a machine. But if you get to an accident and you have this information, then they are able to respond a bit better because they can phone the hospital and say, this person is A positive and they need blood on the way. And, or this person has... Let's say it's an iodine allergy. And again, these are things I just learned. Then they can't clean a wound with iodine. They need to know they need to use something else. Yeah. So this basic information is something that can actually save a life in an emergency. Um, so definitely worthwhile setting up your emergency ID uh, or medical ID on your phone. And it works with every phone. I tried it with, with, an, with, an, with a Nokia, uh, uh, like a, 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 of course it has to be an Android or Apple type of, or, uh, or some sort of um, new operating system, but even a Nokia system, I found the medical ID there. Um, so, and let your family all set it up in all their phones as well. Yeah. And of course, good, good to know that information about your, your family. Yes. Okay, that okay, sounds very interesting. All right, we must do that. Okay, the next one is emergency numbers. Now, the national emergency numbers are 112 on the cell phone or 101777. Yeah. But did you know that 911 now works in South Africa? 911. 911. So, uh, Netcare um, has got 082911. But if you now phone 911, like you watch all these American shows, it also works. It also works in an emergency. So, from, of course, from yourself, I haven't tried it on a landline. Um, but 911 also now works as an emergency number. Of course, that's a number for Netcare. Oh, um, ER24 is 084124. Um, so, those are the basic numbers 101 uh, 082911 or even 911 and 084124. Um, okay. So that, and then lastly, um, find out which is the closest hospital to you and get their emergency number as well. Um, so that, let's say somebody doesn't feel well and you're rushing to hospital, you can actually phone the hospital ahead and say, listen, I've got somebody here, he's got chest pains, and please help us, we'll be there in five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. This also can make it, it's a small, you know, that helps them to be set up. So when you get there, they already know how, you know, what, what is the problem and they can help you a little bit. So that's something I learned in the week. And I think definitely something worthwhile for any, any of us that, that we need to set up ourselves. And, you know, you know 
I mean, the thing about you, Nico, is that not only are you a car guy, but you are also a great a barista. You can make a fantastic cup of coffee, as we discovered last week. And you are like a general health guy as well. So you could you did a medical aid test. So if I went hiking with you and I keeled over because I'd had too much and I was just not able to walk that distance, <laughs> you would be able to um, obviously do CPR or CPR or whatever it's called. What's it called? CPR. CPR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Listen, I'm no doctor. And I think it's quite scary because these are, you know, the, you learn these basic things and you, there's a mannequin and you're doing these um, uh, chest um, compressions on a mannequin. But I think it's a whole different story when somebody suddenly, um, you know, you're really on a scene. I think then, then it's really the test. So at least you know what to do. But I think um, I think it, it's much easier on a mannequin. I think in an emergency situation, it's, it's probably something that's quite scary. But, you know, I think it's worth all of us worth doing this course. Sounds like uh, that that's something we should all be doing, for sure. Yeah. Okay, what else can you tell us? All right, so worldwide, which country do you think sells the most cars, if you had to guess? Which country sells the most cars? Yeah, so in 2021, which country sold the most cars? And for another uh, 10 points, uh, how many cars did they sell? <laughs> Come on, yeah, I can't always just get all the questions. This is—I've always felt this is unfair. Well, let's so. put that to our listeners. <laughs> no, Which country, guys, do you think has sold the most cars? Please don't and go onto Google. And how many? Uh, of course. No, we want like people to like just. I mean, I would say. I, I want, I'm not going to say China or India. I'm going to say America. Okay. Well, are we waiting for answers or, or am I giving the answer? Ugh, just give the answer because it's going to take a little while. Okay. China. You should have said ah, China. I should have said China. You see, yeah. I just thought like a lot of people in China used public transport because it was... No, no. Know. I mean, the country is, is, is so big. There's so many people. 26 million people or 26 million cars. Yeah. Sold in China last year. 26 uh, US, million cars sold in China. Yeah, that's new ones. Eh? That's not uh, you know, used or pre-owned cars moving around. That's 26 million new cars. The USA is next with 15 million. Okay. Um, then um, Japan, uh, third. Then India. And Japan and India, they're below 5 million. So it sort of has a little slidey bar. I'm not exactly sure the numbers, but it's sort of 4 million in and about 3 million in India. Then Germany, then France, then the UK, then Brazil, then Korea. And then Canada. So if you look at our region, which is Africa, Middle East. Yeah. So if you, if you just look at Africa, South Africa is, is numero uno with 437,000 cars. But uh, if you take the Middle East as well, then we're looking at um, they sold 528,000 cars. So, of course, I mean, in Africa, yeah, we are the biggest. In, by the way, South Africa, then next is Israel with 301,000 cars. Then Egypt, 236,000 cars. Then UAE, Morocco, Kuwait. Oman, Iraq, and Tunisia. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, the China, yes. China one is interesting. Here's the third question. So you've told us it's China. You've told us how many cars. The question is, what cars are they buying? Ooh, how should I know? <laughs> no, I, I really don't. I don't have an idea. So all my information was, um, um, I would probably guess, and I'm just guessing. that. I mean, where's your journalistic integrity? I mean, yeah, you asked... That's what... That's the fifteen percent we spoke about. Yeah. So that's like that's that fifteen percent. Yeah. So I would if I if I had to have an educated guess, it would be a local manufacturer in China. Um, definitely. Yeah. You know, they, they 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 do support their local manufacturers, 
uh, they they have quite a few local manufacturers make lots of cars. So I don't actually know which one is the, the biggest one, but I'm very sure that will be a local one. You know, even if you look at the um, other manufacturers, if you look at um, any other manufacturer from, from, let's say, from Europe that want to sell cars in China, and of course, most manufacturers, if you look at their biggest numbers, is also in China. So if you look at any other car manufacturer, Ford, um, well, maybe not Ford, that's a great one. Let's say any German manufacturer, if you look at Volkswagen, Volkswagen, their biggest sales would probably be um, um, in China. So, but then what happens is normally they have to partner with a Chinese company. So, mm. um, if you're selling cars in China, as, as Volkswagen does, or as Ford does, or as Toyota does, or whoever, they always have to have a Chinese partner that's sort of their local partner that they partner with with manufacturing. Yeah. And a lot of the time, the manufacturers that then um, build cars, they do them either CKD or SKD, um, semi knockdown or complete knockdown. So. What really happens then is the cars aren't necessarily completely manufactured from scratch. The cars are sometimes assembled. Um, so they're basically built, taken apart, taken there, and then assembled again. Almost like the bits are already there, but they're just assembled in again. Because there's always a, a, a benefit of tax in any country if you're manufacturing cars. So sometimes the, the manufacturing process, some of the parts are already done. And sometimes it's literally just a few little, a bit of panels that they put on and then sell the car there. But then there's the benefit of, of import tax. So that's normally known as semi-knockdown or complete knockdown. Um, okay. But of course, if, if they manufacture the cars there, they will probably do it from scratch. All right. I've got a couple of questions from you for you. Uh, Aziz wants to know from his favorite car guy, one, what are the pros and cons of installing a defouler slash oxygen sensor space in a car? That's the first question. He's got a second one yeah. as well. And, yeah. and his second question is, is decatting legal in South Africa? Okay, so the first one, let's um, read that again. Uh, it's got an oxygen. Talking about, I remember, I know all the cars a friend of mine had uh, a long time ago. He had a Mitsubishi Bucky that had a sensor. But I think nowadays, with new cars, if you have a new car, I wouldn't install anything in the car. Uh, the, the thing is, the manufacturers have, 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 have gone quite far in, in looking at um, the technology in the engine, to, the engine to protect itself. So I have to try and remember now back to what exactly this um, um, sensor did. I've, I've actually forgotten. But to be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't in any car put in any other sensors to watch exhaust gas temperature or whatever it is. Um, I think I would drive the car, um, I would look at warning lights in the car, um, I would always drive the car, slowly warm it up, once it's warmed up, it doesn't matter how you drive it, and when I, drive, I get back home, I'd always, the last few days, drive it easy so that the car can sort of, especially if it has a turbo, cool down, that's the first one. Decatting, of course, people take the catalytic converter out of the car, um, there is always a, a small uh, gain in performance when you do that, but of course, you now, are, um, a catalytic converter takes and cleans up the exhaust gases because when you're burning fuel and air, whether it's petrol or diesel, you are going to have um, um, dirty um, uh, elements in there. And that's one of the things that, that a catalytic converter does. So um, what you do when you do that, you gain performance, but you basically now have um, un much uncleaner exhaust gases. So I would not take the cat out. And I'm not sure about the law in South Africa um, because if I look at cars driving and the, sometimes the, the the plumes of smoke that get out of the exhaust. I don't think we're too strict, but I, um, I know that you effectively are going to pollute the atmosphere more for a small performance gain that's really not worthwhile. 
Okay, then there's another question for you. Um, in light of the apparent discontinuation of the Ford Fiesta and the Figo with immediate effect, mm. oh, that's a bit sad. In his opinion, no. in your opinion, how easily will spares be available for and for how long? Yo, that's a difficult one. Yeah. So first of all, quite sad that the Fiesta isn't, isn't you know, um, no longer in South Africa. We, if you look at the UK, I think it has thousands of Volkswagen Polo. So it literally, just sometimes in a country, one car is more popular than the other. And the Fiesta is it's, it's, it's just not popular in South Africa, which is really sad because I think it's a fabulous car. I think, of course, they, um, through the network of parts, um, the supply, um, I think, currently is there. But, you know, again, if I, if I have to make a conclusion, I think over time this might be an issue because right now there, there would be lots of parts if they stop manufacturing. But what happens in eight years' time or ten years' time, because they're not building the cars and that they're not being sold, or not, well, just being sold here, then, of course, I think in, in future the parts would cost more. Currently, probably it wouldn't make a difference. But, yeah, I, I think in future it's going to affect the price of parts versus something that's just continuously sold. So if you look at something like a Toyota, and, and that's being sold here all the time, the parts are going to be more uh, yeah, cheaper in 10 years' time or 8 years' time um, as opposed to something that just stopped in 2022. So here's an interesting question. You'll like this. Uh, someone wants to know, has the paint on this year's F1 cars been changed from gloss to matte? Yeah. No, you know what? Um, there's no there's no regulation on, 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 on the paint of the car. As far as I can, I'm trying to think of I'm think of any regulation. The manufacturers themselves, um, the, the, the racing teams, they, they decide how they want to paint their cars. So effectively, um, they paint the cars the color that they, um, you know, they say this is our color and it might be a matte scheme or a gloss scheme. I can't think of anything in the regulations that actually um, limited um, the, 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 the sort of the, the paint color to say, okay, you've got to paint it this or that. So it's up to the racing teams to decide what, how they want to paint their cars. Interesting story. Um, so in, you know, linking to this, in the 1930s, um, um, they were racing uh, what was known as Grand Prix racing. So uh, different countries had different teams that were racing, um, effectively um, like France at Bugatti. Uh, and the German teams, the color was white um, of their cars. And in one of the one of the way in so that way the car, like you know, back then even already then the car had to be a certain weight, um, and the car was one kilogram over the weight that it had to be. Um, so what they did is um, they scraped off the paint off the car. Hmm. Um, they scraped off the white paint, and and of course that was you know if you look at paint, look at a bucket of paint, it weighs a kilogram easily. So they the car effectively then came in at the right weight. Uh, and um, uh, effectively from there, they raced the cars in silver. And that's where the name Silver Arrows comes from. The fact that they scraped off the, the paint of one of the cars on the way in. And from there, they, from, they, from there, they went to white, from white to silver. So even the paint weighs a lot in the car. Hmm. Um, and it adds to the weight. So, I mean, they, that's what we Formula One get to. They look at the weight of the paint and say, okay, what is the lightest paint we can get on here? Um, even if you look at um, uh, one more thing, Aston Martin, I think the... Valkyrie, that's a, a car that's developed by um, Aston Martin, which is really close to a race car. And that car, um, uh, the, even the, the, the emblem is a sticker. It's not a, a metal um, a little emblem because it, it helps to get the weight down of the car. Okay. So it's interesting. That question comes from Ian in Durban, and he also notes that under the lights, the cars look much shinier 
uh, they looked much shinier last year. Then also to just let you know, Janet Hyden, the Manzum Toti, says, tell Nico that the best-selling vehicle sold in China is the Wuling Hongwang, followed by the Nissan Silphi. Wow, that's interesting. So do you know what okay, the, the Wuling Hongwang is? No, I'm going to have to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have to search. It's interesting we now we have... We have a name for when you're searching on the internet, we, we Google it. It's like Hoovering. You know, so anyway. If you didn't know that, no, then, your, then, your, then your, your knowledge has just dropped from 95 to 85, now to 75. Oh, okay. And we're going backwards quickly. <laughs> we're going in 10% incremental, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> okay. This is a, a, a question from Stephen in Cape Town. What? What car should Michelle buy if she was getting a new one this year and why? Um, Stephen, I wish I could buy a new car, but you know what they pay us at the SABC doesn't even give me jam on my toast. So there we really? go. Okay, so what, so what car should Michelle buy? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hang on. This, this, you know, this could be a really quite interesting one. Um, let me think. Uh, let's let's you... start with the idea that I probably can only afford an entry level car at this point. Okay, so that a Datsun go? <laughs> no. A Datsun go? No, that doesn't no, suit me. That doesn't suit you. No. I have to think of, um, uh, yeah, maybe something like some some sort of convertible because I can see you oh. with the you know the roof down and like a glamorous. Um, 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 model driving with your hair and you know with a scarf <laughs> over your head and dark glasses and a scarf in the wind and that's sort of that's something I'm picturing okay <laughs> sort of convertible car and, and I can see you glamorously driving with your scarf and your big my scarf sort of flowing but fluttering like, behind me in the breeze exactly with big like Jackie Kennedy um, big glasses. sunglasses okay so what is that going to be it has to be some sort of convertible. I don't know yet. Maybe a, a, a Bentley convertible, I think. A, you know, a, like a Bentley convertible. A, a Continental GT convertible. <gasps> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. What about, wow, a Bentley convertible. And, and tell yeah. me, just, just out of interest, although it's all just chump change for me, how much would that cost me? Okay, so uh, um, the Bentley Continental GT V8 Milliner convertible yeah. is yours for 5.6 million rand. I think that's what I can see you in. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. I think that's what you should go for, Michelle. You might have to, of course, then change your job, as you said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. YouTube, if you if you want a partner to drive with, or even driving in your convertible, and um, find me up. I'm, I'll be there. Okay. So maybe we could just get one to test drive. How about that? Yes. For five point six a, million. <laughs> let's see if it's possible. Yes, I can always. Stick some feelers out and see what I can do. Yeah, you stick those feelers out. Well, Stephen, I hope that gives you a good... What is it called again? Sorry. Um, okay, so it is the... Let me just get the right name. It's the Bentley Continental um, GT V8 Milliner Convertible. So there we go, Stephen. You've heard it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. That's the car I should buy and if I'm getting a new one this car. year. Why should I get it? Just because it, 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 it sort of, you know, if I picture you and, and, and where I see you uh, and, and, you know, as a person and a car that would go with, with your lifestyle, <laughs> that's what I see. Just being a glamorous car, I can just see you coasting around in your Bentley Continental GT. And what kind of engine is that? 
It's a V8. Um, oh, so right. I'm trying to see if I can get... No, yeah, a, of course, we can't have a little small dinky engine for you, Michelle. We need to have something that's got in a proper uh, power <laughs> out. Let me give me a bit of time. Let me quickly see if I can find the exact performance figures of your Bentley. You know, your Bentley. Yeah. So um, it has 404 kilowatts and 217 newton meters of torque from your 4-liter uh, four V8. And I imagine, um, I imagine it, the, 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 to, to fill a tank would not... Would would when you're paying five point six, it doesn't matter. You don't it, really need to worry it about it. It doesn't really matter. No. Well, there we go. Doctor <laughs> Phil said to tell you that he's learned a thing or two from you, particularly responding to medical emergencies via cell phones, and and that's great. That comes from a doctor, so it makes a lot of sense that that. As a doctor, Phil, for me, he is. It just makes sure which doctor Phil is. Oh no, Doctor Phil, he's our he's our, one of our teammates. Yeah, on the oh, show. Okay. So, yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, this is just something I've, I thought, you know, if I can help one person, because I did it, um, and we can put it on, it really makes a difference for all of us. So yeah. It's worthwhile doing and getting your family on board as well. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Okay, Nico, so um, quick question. What are you doing for the rest of the day? Are you going to be brying? Are you going to be uh, working, uh, driving cars? I, What's the deal? No, I'm relaxing, maybe a bit of stuff around the home. I'm going to do some shopping because tonight we're brying with some friends again. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, you're just a consistent briar. That's what we like about and, you. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, the, by the way, don't forget MotoGP, where the Binder brothers are racing. So tomorrow... I think it's around 8 or 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. I've got to check the time again. So MotoGP with um, um, the Binder brothers, two South African um, racers on their motorbike. So worthwhile watching. You've got to watch MotoGP. So don't uh, miss that tomorrow night. Okay, quick question for you from someone. Don't convertibles flex their chassis? Um, yes, it's called, uh, uh, I forget now what it's called, but they, they actually are strengthened. These chassis are actually strengthened underneath a lot of the time. Um, to stop that um, um, flex of the chassis. Yeah. Suddenly I've forgotten the name, but they actually, uh, it's part of the design. They actually strengthen the body underneath for that. Okay, well, there we go. I'm just looking for about five and a half bar, and uh, I'm on my way to a really <laughs> great um, driving experience. Thank um, you, work. It sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Is it high enough? It's not too low on the gro- ground here. Eh? No, it's, it's, that's okay. It's not too low, but I actually, you know, it's, it's, it's I think it's behind. There's enough ground clearance, but I almost can see us driving around somewhere where there's a view, Michelle. You know, maybe yeah. around Chapman's Peak or something like that. Yeah, I feel the... that we need to be driving somewhere where there are no potholes as well. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know bye. What like. See you oh, later. Bye. Thanks, Nico. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. <laughs>